Welcome to Wood, Concrete, and Glass. Um, just thought I would get back on it here, Monday morning. Feeling a little, little rough at a decent, uh, decent weekend. Um, but yeah, back to it. Um, last week we were talking about sort of the basics in, in how you gather your, gather your process um, documents and how you get your head around whatever type of project you're thinking about uh, endeavoring into. And, I mean, it's not an easy process, right? And you have to come into it with that, uh, with that in mind. But like anything, it, it can be really, like, worthwhile to, to put yourself through this. I mean, some people say that, you know, home renovations are the second most stressful um, thing that you can do in your life. First being having a kid, which, you know, in some ways it's sort of similar because creating something out of nothing, a whole bunch of different, you know, a whole different scenario that you've never experienced in your life before. So it's, uh, it is something to, to, uh, to be wary of and set your expectations. And, and then if you go into it with an open mind, uh, and a, and a willingness to learn, that can be a lot of fun. So um last week we we're talking uh title search was sort of where we left it off and and how the title really dictates um what area of the zoning bylaw you need to concern yourself with or or which zoning bylaw so we want to uh stay on that trend with actually breaking down the different aspects of of uh your zoning so a zoning could um, indicate a lot of different restrictions on your lot that's mainly mainly what it's there for um, is to just ensure that people don't build as big as they they possibly can structurally on a lot zoning gives structure to neighborhoods so from a from a big perspective the 30,000 square foot view is that the planning department isolates certain areas that have maybe certain geological uh, restrictions like say you're butting onto farmland or something and you you want to have greater uh, rear setbacks and all that sort of thing to to sort of make um, the, the resident the residential um, sort of buffer against what might be just open farmland that's just an example I mean it's not it's not everywhere but what the planning department does is they have a oftentimes what's called a community plan document or um, zoning future zoning plan all these sort of things to to sort of indicate to two people what they want to see done on the property so what the what the local government does is they they own rights over the jurisdiction that you're building in you own the property and in some respects they can't tell you what to do on what you own but what they can do is put guidelines in place that shape what they want to see on the property and therefore um, therefore they allow you to do certain things without actually owning the property and then you'll find some jurisdictions or some places where you build they have no no nothing no zoning and if you got no zoning you know you could be out in the middle of nowhere which is a great place to, <laughs> great place to be sometimes because you don't have to worry too much about size you're going um, certain you know height requirements all these sort of things which are are things that in um, 
residential applications can become a bit of a, a sticking point for some people because uh, people want to build, you know, four-story houses. Well, you know, there's there's also code issues that that come around with with certain height requirements and and all this sort of thing. So the zoning does try to work with the local building codes to to make things simple, um, or they should. Um, they should sort of be working in lockstep to to guide people through the through the process as easily as possible. Like if you had certain um, zoning restrictions, but then have a completely different set of building code restrictions, well, you know what takes precedent? Well, clearly the building code does because that is um, a legal document from usually a higher, like a state level as opposed to the local government or the provincial level as opposed to um, the municipal level, if, if you're in Canada, like I am. But um, so it's interesting to sort of see how that all plays against your lot. But at the end of the day, to make it, to make it simple is you get whatever your zoning is for your piece of property and that's where you start. So you read through that document, the, the actual zoning, like it could be an R1, it could be an RS1, it could be S1, like the, the name is really irrelevant. Just figure out whatever yours is and grab a copy of that. Now the document, like the actual zoning name itself, um, or the, the named section, will probably only be like two pages. And it'll talk about um, the use on the property. So the uses are really important because if, if you want to do something that's outside of those uses, you're going to have to ask for a variance of some sort. So if you buy a property and you look at the zoning and under the uses, it doesn't speak to what you want to do. So say you want to put a suite into your property, um, like you, you have a house, it's got a great little area in the basement, you need a mortgage helper and you want to put a suite in the basement. If you look in the uses of your zoning and secondary suite or uh, in-law suite, there's a number of different things that it could be called, aren't listed there, maybe go ask that question. Um, this comes back again to the title search issue because if you have a legal document on there that guides you to a different zoning bylaw than your standard zoning bylaw, oftentimes back in the 60s or, or the early 70s when secondary suites weren't really a thing, they weren't added they weren't permitted as a permitted use so that that becomes um, the, the local government's um, anchor to sort of say no sorry you can't have what you want um, you're gonna have to go through a, a secondary process and so um, that becomes sort of your your first step because if, if, if it's right there as a permitted use like same thing with like small business so some people want to run a business out of the home. If it's not listed as a permitted use, you're not allowed to do it. So you want to make sure, and, and only some businesses are allowed to be home-based. Um, so you want to you want to really go get down to your to your government office and, and figure out what those permitted in-home businesses are, because if uh, if not handled correctly, there's just simply nothing you can do or whatever you can do is going to be a process that that takes you uh, time and money. But yeah, so that's that's the place to start with the zoning is uh, 
is at the permitted use stage. So from permitted use, it's gonna take you into um, lot size. Now what that lot size means is usually it gives you a minimum lot parameters for that specific zoning. And what that is telling you is it's sort of it's sort of funny because you just look at your lot and say this is what I have this is my zoning it doesn't really matter for you but say you wanted to subdivide your parcel and you you look at your zoning and you look at the size you have you could say man could I get two could I subdivide into two of the exact same parcel size back when um, back when cities weren't as developed as they are now for instance um, they would have had say R1 zoning and it would have been that the zoning was was way um, way more ex way more uh, way more options than there is now right like now if you have an R1 zone you're probably already at the max for it and in order to subdivide it you would look at lower zonings or higher density zonings and try to rezone into those zonings but if you're if you um, have the lot size it's actually a way simpler process than um, than having to rezone as well as subdivide so it's it's sort of a an advantage that you could look at if you're ever purchasing a lot is look at the zoning and see what the zoning minimums are and if it so happens that you can get uh, based on frontage and depth if you can get um, more lots out of it it might be a different way to look at look at the property development that you're thinking about doing which is sort of an interesting uh, interesting idea but those are two of the main um, indicators that you want to look at so that's uh, that's a good place to start with with zoning is permitted uses and um, and lot size because that'll that'll really shape what you what you decide to do next because if you find like you come into the city hall and you think you just want to do a renovation but then you look at the zoning you look at you look at permitted uses on the zoning and you think holy smokes I could actually with maybe a, a strategic partner or with um, some extra investment I could actually subdivide this piece of property and build two brand new houses sell those and it's and it's an opportunity to uh, either make money or set your family up for for another uh, you know another another path right but this is all just about filling that filling that file with ideas right so as you work through and ask the questions again same with permitted uses is read the permitted uses and then get into the get into the weeds as to what the definition of those permitted uses are so like what you read as small business that actually is a defined term in the glossary of the zoning bylaw so you want to go to the go to the glossary read what you know home occupation means and it'll all be listed out there or it'll guide you to a different part of the um, a different part of the zoning bylaw that speaks to you know what the requirements are for a home occupation business and then you go down the rabbit hole of that as you as you get to it but it's just one of those one of those things again you're, you're building this this skill set you're building a, uh, a knowledge base so Starting with zoning and educating yourself on the permitted uses is a good way to uh, start to understand what you have going there. Um, and then same thing with, with the potential for subdivision. So that's, uh, that's my walk for today. Have a good one.